Lord, I've had a good life, and I think I lived it right. Bet there's a big old orgy waiting for me in the sky. I'm sure behind them pearly gates there's booze and weed and pills. But if there ain't sluts in heaven, Lord, send me down to hell. I like it. Hey, I, I think my favorite was the newscast. Honestly, I, I that was just I'm shocked. Awesome <laughs> my my favorite. One word of whatever the fuck they were saying, but boy, I was paying attention. I'll tell you what. <laughs> well, if that's if that's how our news operated, I'd watch the news again. And I would and I would watch it in a different language so I didn't have to know what was going on. I would right, just right. You know, there was like was, one yeah. word that I got out of one of them chicks when she said parliament that I was like, oh, we're talking <laughs> about the government. All right, whatever. You know, the rest of it didn't fucking matter. I was just like, oh, hello there. What's this? It's you know, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I, I was interrupting. Well, there was a, there used to be, I don't know if it's still around or not, but there used to be a topless uh, newscast where the chicks, they, and they spoke English, but they'd come out and they'd be fully dressed, you know, looking like an average anchor or whatever. And they'd be talking about, you know, today down in Houston, you know, the temperature got to 85 degrees Fahrenheit. And as they're saying it, they're like unbuttoning their fucking blouse and shit. And by the time they get done with their piece, they're fully topless. And I'm nice. like, that's a goddamn news program I can sit around and watch. It was great. It was a strip tease, but they were all serious. You know, they weren't laughing or smirking. They were just like, you know, today, you know, oil prices reached an all time high and they're just unbuttoning their shit and taking it off while they're talking. And it's just like, man, this is great. Well, you know, it's that it's that kind of contrast. You know, contrast can be very sexual. Yeah, yeah. You know, the thing I like, the thing I liked about that intro, I mean, I liked the whole thing. It was a barrage of bizarre imagery. <laughs> but I, I I like the clip at the end where the dude's throwing that little chick. And I'd seen that. I'd seen that a lot over the last week. And, yeah. you know. I mean, unlike unlike what many people get accused of, I'm actually a true misogynist. I like seeing women get hurt. And <laughs> and you know, not all women, all but right. certain women. Yeah, stupid women. <laughs> and just and just looking at that one, it it pleased me very much that she got thrown on her ass and couldn't get back up again. Well, and, and the best part was I gave you the extra dose by slowing it down just so you right. could double your pleasure. I, I mean, I really appreciated that. I almost had to, you know, duck out and jerk off before I came back because that the slow, the slow-mo was, was particularly good. But, uh, you know, now I, now I will say that I, I have never thrown a woman like that, but you know, God damn it. I'd like to. Hey, I, I'm and, not going to confirm or deny if I have. That's all I'm going to say to that question. I've tossed women around, but it was always in good fun. It wasn't simply in we're going to we're going to combat as equals. Yeah. You know, if it, that that's a that's a totally different thing. And uh, mm. but I, you know, I'm here for it. You know, probably you know, I probably only have a few more years left where I can do it before I hurt myself just throwing one. But she seemed kind of small. So. 
Yeah. Well, you know, either way, small, big, the dude had the power behind it. The grip he on sure her did. neck was fucking intense. <laughs> on her fucking throat. Yeah. Oh. Fucking just grabbed her and gave her the death choke and then fucking hurled her like a sack of fucking potatoes. Uh, man, they don't make them like that. That's that's good shit right there. That was, that was poetry in motion for sure. It really was. It really was. Well, if that's the case, Nick, you're going to like a couple of the other intros that I've already made that'll be in future episodes of the show. You'll you'll like some of the other stuff. That was the the preview of things to come because I've got a few more that, yeah, you'll like them. You'll appreciate them being a Gen Xer and whatnot. There's things about it that you're gonna be like, oh yeah. There's gonna be some shit there. Your massage, your inner misogynist will like a couple of things too. So, well, I mean, it's you know, you and I have a very similar sense of humor anyway, if not the yeah. same sense of humor. So. <laughs> I mean, I've never, I've never disliked an intro yet. So, you know, I really haven't done one that for me, at least that I'm not pleased with. I have some ones that are my favorites and then I have others that I'm like, that's good enough, you know, but I've never done one where I was like, what were you thinking, dude? That was stupid. Yeah. yeah. Like now I, I like all my intros. There's just two or three that are right there at the top though. Just, I don't know. Something about it was just perfect. And I'm hoping one of these other ones that I have in store, I'm hoping one of those are going to be another one of those top five type things because mm. I'm enjoying them from what I saw. So, you know, one of the, one of the reasons I like that, you know, I like that judo clip or whatever that was supposed to fucking be at the end. Martial arts of some form. Yeah. Yeah. Charles, nice of you to show back up after what's it been a year. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, you, you <laughs> disappeared. You walked off the face of the earth, and now you're back. It's good to know you're still alive, man. You better have been in prison or something. Uh, but I saw a video this week, or a, maybe it was a post on Twitter. I don't remember where it was, but it was this chick who had, and I know this shouldn't be funny, but it kind of is. <laughs> she had cancer, and I don't know if she had beaten cancer. Or if she was in the process, I think it was, I don't remember what kind of cancer it was. I think it was either breast cancer or ovarian cancer, but I'm not sure which. That's not the funny part, but, <laughs> you know, she had this bucket list thing where she, you know, she'd always want to go to the Amazon. So her and her husband, I assume it was her husband, you know, they trucked on down to the Amazon. Like the first day or something, they're walking through the fucking jungle and some kind of bug flies into her eye and bites her. Oh, Jesus. Now, yeah, that's got to hurt. Yeah. And she was talking in her, she was talking in a, I think she was either in a hotel or a hospital bed. I couldn't tell which. And her face was just all fucked up. I'll bet. And I was just like, see, that's, see, that's, that's it. I mean, that, that is the metaphor for life right there. Mm -hmm. You know, this might be your last big move. This your last big trip. You've always wanted to go to the Amazon. Now, why you want to go to the Amazon if you're a chick, I have, I have no idea unless you want to do it for clout because, you know, I, I spent my life camping and hunting and doing shit in the woods. I have no fucking desire to go to the Amazon. Hell uh, no. You know, there's all kinds of hostiles there waiting to kick your ass. Well, like I, I mean, in the, in the woods in Alabama, the worst we've got could possibly be like, you know, toothless homosexual rapist hillbillies. 
that's probably the worst I'm going to deal with in the mountains of Alabama or in the woods of Alabama. That I can handle. I can I can deal with that. These are, you know, I, I grew up around this shit. You know, I can bring all the guns I want into the, you know, Alabama wilderness. I can be prepared for anything. Down in the fucking Amazon, you have tribes that don't interact with modern society at all. And some Animalistic of them are- Ballistic tribes cannibalistic tribes and you know mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't want any part of that and there's nothing that interesting i don't think in the amazon that you know yeah you know it's big yeah there's ancient civilization there but you know i get my i get my outdoor jollies you know s- satisfied here in alabama just fine i ain't going down there but anyway so i thought that was funny that you know she wanted of all the things she could do she that's ended what up she, in the amazon getting bit by a bug in her eye and that's what she wanted to do and some random bug just flies in her eye and it fucks the whole thing up and she has to leave immediately get medevaced out and all this other kind of shit and i'm like that's life for you you know that's right that's <laughs> life for you fast. you're <laughs> You know, your your beautiful experience is going to be the thing everybody remembers you for. She was so brave. She went to the Amazon right before the cancer got her. And, you know, she goes down there and she couldn't even handle a fucking bug. So, <laughs> well, note, you know, note to self, if I ever do go to the Amazon, I'm wearing goggles the whole time. No shit. <laughs> goggles and something on my ears. Yeah, you don't need some flying asshole clawing in your ears or biting you in the eye. No that's shit. Right. But fuck that place, man. I mean, geez. Well, that's kind of how I look at it. I have no desire to go there either. You mentioned, you know, the 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 forests, the woods of Alabama, and it reminds me of the shit we have here in Utah. And it's like we have our weirdos. They're they're out there too, which I can deal with them. And we have moose, we have bear mountain lions or cougars uh we have scorpions we have rattlesnakes diamondback rattlesnakes western diamondbacks um black widows and i'm trying to think what else we got there's a couple other things oh oh fucking ticks the goddamn that can give you lyme disease and all that kind of fucked up shit yeah, we, we have got most of that shit. We have most of that shit. We've got our scorpions aren't as bad as your scorpions, but we've got like eastern diamondback rattlesnakes. We've got okay. timber rattlesnakes. We've got pygmy rattlesnakes. We've got cottonmouths and we've got mm, copperheads mm. and we've got coral snakes, which that's a whole other level of. Oh, that's a whole shit. different level of fucked up there. Yeah. Right. So, so we, we don't got have that at least. We don't have coral snakes. We got all that shit and, you know, occasionally we'll have a bear down here, but we don't get them very often. They're mainly. Yeah, we, we get bears. We'll get most, some bears. Of the, most of the woods and the mountains that I've gone camping, hiking, fishing, fucking whatever you name it. There's usually a bear warning somewhere that and mountain lions that it's like, ah, hey, you got to deal yeah. with cats and bears, you know, plus degenerate weirdos that are doing ted kaczynski things out in the woods somewhere those are probably your three biggest threats oh and the moose the moose are pretty fucking vicious too i mean it gets back to the it gets back to the whole you know my whole premise that you know i i I love going camping but the, the the thing the thing that makes camping fun is that eventually you're gonna quit camping right you're gonna go home now i could now if i had like if i had to go down live in the swamp let's say the New World Order took over and the Illuminati, you know, for some reason they wanted Alabama and, you know, they oh, they took so 
Pat, they, they, uh, Pat Stedman's prophecies come true. Right, okay. right. The, the Stedman prophecies come true <laughs> while he's in prison. And uh, and they take North Alabama, which I can understand taking North Alabama, but I couldn't understand the Illuminati taking South Alabama because there, there really ain't nothing down here. And but if I, you know, I could go live in the swamp, build a little cabin, you know, I'd be I'd be more or less fine doing that. But I mean, shit. Who wants to, especially with the fucking heat? I mean, you know, one of I, I don't want to live without central heat or air conditioning. Right, yeah. right. Central heat and air, and you know all the you know Wi-Fi and all that you know cool shit. You know, I don't want to take cold showers. No, <laughs> oh, fuck that, dude. That so reminds me a, a few years back when I was with the ex-girlfriend, and <clears throat> you have to understand she's twenty years younger than me, and she had this bug up her ass at one point about wanting to get a tiny home. You know, them little fucking tiny home things where they got the shows and shit. On yeah, them. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she got all sucked up into that and thought this would be such a great idea because then, you know, we could turn around and, you know, go travel and see all kinds of things and do all kinds of things. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, first and foremost, babe, you need to look into the zoning and all that shit when it comes to these things, because these are so new that like mortgage companies and insurance companies don't even know how to classify these fucking things. Are they trailers? Right. Are they an actual home? You, you know, there's and there's so many zoning laws and all this other bullshit you got to look into. I'm like, you need to look into that before you get too excited here. Yeah. I'm sitting there thinking, man, it's a trailer that looks like a house. And it's not even a full fucking trailer. I've seen trailers bigger than these tiny homes. Yeah. And, I, and that's where I realized one of the first kind of points of contention where I was like, Nah, I like my air conditioning and my heat. I like my nice bed. I'm too goddamn old to be gallivanting around the countryside in this trailer that looks like a little house to, to be fucking around to see shit. I, I'm, I'm way past that point. It's like you may need to find another guy that's younger, that's more into that because I like my bed. Just like you said, Nick, the best part of camping is going home. That's how I look at it. I go with the belly dancer all the time and we have a great time. We enjoy ourselves, but man, I cannot wait to go home and sleep in my own bed. That's just how it goes. Well, the thing, you know, the thing, the thing I like about it is, and I actually like, I like hunting more than camping because, mm. because, you know, I get out there set up in a blind or get up in a tree stand before the sun comes up and then you, you know, then you just, you know, sit there quiet, relax, you know, become part of the, you know, the tree or whatever you're sitting up against or on or near. And then you get to, you get to see all kinds of cool shit that people don't usually get to see. You know, you get to see how deer interact. You get to see what turkeys do, you know, fucking, you know, groundhog, whatever coyote comes out, chases a squirrel, whatever's going on. You just get to see all that shit. And, you know, that's something that you don't really get to see in person unless you actually go out there and do it. The camping part, you know, for me, camping is just the best part about it is just, you know, I'm camping so I can get up early and go, you know, sit in my stand in the morning or or whatever else. But, you know, I do like sitting out there. You know, there's, it's it's a lot of fun. But after a couple of days of sitting around the campfire at night and shooting the shit and whatever else, it's like. You know, I want to go take a hot shower and, you know, sleep on my mattress. All right. 
Well, and I've gotten to a point too. You mentioned like hunting and I can, you know, I remember all the times I've gone hunting over the years and I'm no stranger to it. I'm definitely uh, not squeamish about blood and I'm, I'm not one of these catch and release guys. I'm more of a hook them and cook them type of guy. I like my trophies. I like the meat and it's all great. It's all fun. But I also remember being on the side of the mountain at four o'clock in the morning. It's pitch fucking black getting set up. It's colder than fuck. You're, you're hoping something comes along just so you can shoot at it. Whether you hit it or not is irrelevant because then you want to put your hands on your, the barrel of your rifle to warm your hands up. <laughs> and as I've gotten older, I'm like, man, I don't know if I really want to do that shit anymore. My idea of a good time now is like going to a casino, going to Wendover, going on a cruise ship where I can be carried around like a king on a fucking uh, a litter you know, they're, they're hoisting me around, you know, Hey, we're going to take him over here to pour the liquor down his throat and feed him grapes. That kind of shit. That's more my style. Now I, I'm like, I want to be pampered. I want to be fucking smothered and, and liquor and, and chocolate and fucking lobster and shit. I don't want to <laughs> around on the side of a mountain at four o'clock in the morning when it's cold as fuck. And I'm like, what am I doing here? This but well, the, the two parts that suck most about camping slash hunting for me mm. is when it's either when it's especially down here, bow hunting in October, mm. because October, the temperature can still be 80 degrees. Mm. It's hot. It can be mm. humid. Mosquitoes everywhere. All that yeah. kind of crap. You know, you deal with all that. That can be a pain or when it is really cold and you're out there five, six, seven days and you don't see shit. And you don't shoot at shit and you're just sitting there all fucking day long. And every time you hear a squirrel fidget in the leaves, you know, you're hoping it's a fucking deer and it's not those days, you know, the first, you know, the first day you're full of optimism. The second day it's like, all right, well now I'm going to see something today since I didn't say anything yesterday. And then by the time the third and the fourth day get there, you start being pretty fucking nihilistic about the whole thing. <laughs> and <laughs> and then, but then you don't want to leave because you know that as soon as you leave, oh, you know, lost fallacy now. Yep. Right. Uh, as soon as I walk off the mountain, the, the fucking eight points going to show up 30 seconds behind me. Yep. Dude, it, and it, and it, ha it happened to me so many times. Where I'd say, fuck this shit. I get in my truck and leave and I'm, and I'm slowly rolling out the main road to get to the gate. And and I'm I'm a hundred feet from the gate on your fucking lap, yeah. I'm a hundred feet from the gate, you know, and a couple of deer just go trotting across the road right in front of me, and it's like motherfucker. Turkeys have done it to me too, and it's like, you know, got you know some because sometimes you just can't win for losing. That makes it miserable. The second thing that makes it miserable is that when it's two o'clock in the morning and it's dark and there's no moon and you got to go take a shit. And that's, that's, that's why I identify. That's why I have such a strong identification and sympathy for whenever my dogs would go take a shit in the yard. And we've talked before about how, you know, dogs go out there, take a shit and they're looking around the whole time yeah. they're doing it. Cause they're all, you know, they're, they're that they're most vulnerable. They're all freaked out. I don't know whatever else might be going through their heads, but I know that feeling. Cause I've been, I've done that at two o'clock in the morning and, you know, you're sitting there, you can't defend yourself. No, you know, uh, not you really. Know. 
Yeah. And you and you can't even really, you know, you're 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 listening so hard for some kind of weird shit to happen that you can't really hear anything. And then anything you do hear, you know, you're sure it's a you know, it's a, you know, Bigfoot's about to butt rape you or something. So yeah. you know, that's or one of the Okies from Skokie or <laughs> Mountain Lion or something's coming. For some you. shit's coming for you. That's right. Yeah. Some of the, the deliverance <laughs> boys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, nice, uh, nice of you nice of you to already have your pants off boy that's right you got you know, that kind of shit. Asshole, boy i, I do want to before we move move on i do want to i do want to say that it's you know i see matt here tonight he hasn't been here in a while oh, i see yeah. charles is here he hasn't been here in a while yeah and we're having a resurrection here is what we're having it's like a like a class reunion almost almost yeah Ah, so welcome guys welcome back for some of you guys yeah it's good to see you shit asses again where the hell you oh, been yeah where the fuck you guys been i mean this isn't a party without this isn't a party without everybody right mm. ah, so matt's saying i've been too sober to enjoy fishing and too pissed off to go hunting <laughs> <laughs> well there you go there it is oh shit he's been out of the country i didn't realize uh, that I don't know. Yeah. You know, this does kind of tie in, you know, this whole dying a hero out in the woods as you're taking a shit and thinking you're your dog and here comes Bigfoot to butt rape you or something like that. It kind of ties into tonight's topic, which is the whole, you know, don't worry, bro. I'll take good care of her after you're gone. Okay. Because I've seen that. You've seen it too, Nick. I'm sure all you guys, if you're on Twitter, you've seen it more recently within the last week. The whole, you're not a real man and a real hero unless you're willing to risk your life for some random woman. Okay. And I even had some clam getting beat up on the street. Yep. Some random chick getting her ass whooped by a dude and you, you need to be the one to man up and jump in there and save her ass from the whooping she's getting. Except I can sit there and say, wow, for all that bluster and all that hyperbolic talk, I know of a few guys who did just that and they're either permanently fucked up or they're dead because they stuck their nose in where it wasn't. They, they, they had no business being there, okay? Why do you think when the cops get called on a domestic dispute, it's literally other than traffic stops, it is the worst thing a cop can get himself into? Because why? Because guy and woman get into a pissing match over whatever. Somebody has to go to jail. At least in Utah. I don't know how it is in other states, but here, if you're if you raise your voice and either she calls the cops, you call the cops, the neighbors call the cops, doesn't matter who, but the cops show up. Somebody by law is going to jail. And usually it's the guy. So right. I've learned, oh, if if the cops are coming, you as the guy, your best bet if you do not want to go to jail is to fucking leave. Get out, you know, get walk away, go get in your car, get the hell out of there. Because once the cops show up, somebody's going in handcuffs. Okay. But I've also seen it where, yep, they come to arrest the guy. They came to arrest the girl. They came to put somebody in bracelets. And then the other party who was the one who fucking called jumps on the cops. Okay. Starts fighting with the cops. Oh, wait, I changed my mind. You know, I still love him. Whatever it is. 
Okay. And how I'm many not, co- how many cops look forward to a domestic call? Oh, I, I'll bet right. you not one. Right. Not one. There's a reason for that. Yeah. And it's this very reason that these dipshits on Twitter are telling you to do. And so that's why I'm like, oh, never mind, you know, getting yourself actually killed. Never mind, you know, police saying this is the worst part of the job. This isn't a pro-police remark. It's just a reality. But I just look at it and go, yeah, you go ahead and be Batman, dude. You go right ahead. And when you're dead and gone and nobody remembers your name, I'll be there to take care. I'll take good care of your wife, your widow, after you're gone. Now, your kids, on the other hand, they're fucked because they're not my kids. I'm here for her, not for them. So you go and die a hero, bro. Go out there and be the alpha male. I'm going to be the savior of the West. I'm going to be Batman. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure your wife gets a good dicking after you're dead. Kate, Dre, Matt, they're all bringing the they're all bringing the four one one tonight. <laughs> uh, sure. You know the the so first of all, you know I I made a comment about that guy and he didn't really get into it. With me, I guess I don't have enough followers for it to be worth you know chasing oh, I, clout. I know who you're talking about yeah Argo, I, I, I it, was, it was the one it was the one you know he was just he was jumping all over ryan for it and i you know first of all i'm not a, i'm not opposed to acting in that situation what i'm opposed to is because that's everybody's individual choice do what you want you know yeah, do your Dep- thing, depending well. on the situation maybe i would maybe i wouldn't i you already know I already know my answers. I already know because as Squid here said real quick, as Squid says, wasn't Rob a cop protecting armored cars? No, I was an armored car guard in the armored car industry. I was never a police officer. That's a job though. And that's still a job. That's not a, that's not a, this is where I learned all about this shit. Okay. About this shit that we're talking about tonight's topic. Okay. We talked about robberies all the time. Like every fucking week, there was some robbery somewhere that an armored car got taken down based on this, that, and the other, okay? And so it was always brought to our attention, one, to learn from it that, oh, look what the bad guys did this time, okay? And also to keep it into the front of our heads that, dude, you're wearing a bullseye on the back of your head and on your chest, Because the product you're carrying around is money and everybody wants it. It's just how bad do they want it? There was a case where a man and a woman and another guy set up a fight. She was arguing with him. He was arguing with her. uh, They were doing it in the parking lot of a uh, store. The armored car rolls up. The messenger guy gets out. He's got his coal sack in one hand with the money in it. He sees this man and a woman arguing, and the guy's giving her a beating. And he decides to play Batman, okay? Mm-hmm. He drops the coal sack, runs up, starts getting in the middle of their shit, and the third guy comes out of nowhere and shoots him in the back of the head. It was all a setup. All three parties were involved. It wasn't a real fight. It was to get him to do exactly what he did, okay? So the moral of the story is that argument that you see going on and she's getting a beating may not in fact be authentic. It could be a setup. You might be getting set up. 
whether you work in the armored car industry or not. Okay. Maybe you're a foreigner and you went to some fucking country and somebody saw you pull out your American dollars and oh, here's a gringo. Here's a guy from outside. They set you up. This is why I learned you'd never get involved. You never get involved. Don't do it. I mean, it doesn't mean don't do nothing. Yeah. Call the cops, whatever. That's their job, but you do not get involved because otherwise you might end up getting a bullet to the back of your head or you well, might get a knife in the ribs, whatever it might be trying to play fucking hero. You know what? We used to go over and, you know, conceal carry classes and, you know, defensive pistol shit because I, you know, I've carried, yeah, I've carried a gun pretty much my entire adult life at this point. Same here since I was 21 mm -hmm. and I was a little bit older. You know, I didn't, I didn't care when I was younger. Cause I thought I was always out drinking, <laughs> yeah. but, um, but you know, one of the first things, one of the first things you go over, if you're in a good carry class is that you're not carrying that gun to protect society. You're carrying nope. that gun to protect yourself, protect you possibly your yep. loved ones, your children, whatever. Yep. That's it. So, so, so we would go over these scenarios. All right. You see this guy, you know, the same, we used to go to that scenario every time. See that guy beating that woman over there. What are you going to do about it? And it's like, well, I'm going to call the cops and I'm going to watch him. And if he decides, if he, if he sees me watching him and he decides to come after me, then I'll, you know, possibly put him down. Yep. But if you go in, but if you go, if you go in and here's the thing, if you go in, there's a dude and a woman fighting physically. If you go in and intervene and escalate that situation and you end up killing one or both of them, then depending on the state, but this is pretty universal. If you escalate a situation to the point where it requires deadly force, then you're the motherfucker that's probably going to jail. Yeah, because your no self-defense, it's now murder. Right. And, and you don't have, you know, you don't have all that shit that, uh, you know, protecting you that, you know, all the bullshit, but shit nonetheless protecting you that the cop does. And then the right. second thing is, is that, and, and my, and, and here's, here, here are my two analogies. I mean, well, the first thing is that everybody who talks about this, the way that guy did, they all have mm -hmm. these, they all have these superhero scenarios mm -hmm. playing in their mind. And what that tells me is they've not been in enough real life scenarios to realize that it's not, you know, it's not Hulk coming down here to save the world from Loki. It's a yep. it's a murky, fucked up situation that you don't know anything about. You know, that chick may have killed that guy's dog the day before. You know, she may yep. she may be a meth head, too. And she killed that guy's dog the day before and maybe already stabbed him once today. And you don't know what the fuck is going on. So you step in there and intervene. And, you know, this is this is not a matter of, you know, this is not you don't get bonus points for playing the hero because you don't even know if you're actually playing the hero outside of your own mind. Anyway, you may in, in reality, in your mind, you think you're the good guy in the situation. You may not be the good guy at all. And if you've got kids, do you want to either orphan them? Or, you know, go to jail for 20 years or whatever it ends up being. Or get and, yourself killed. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, that's what I mean by orphan them. But yeah, right. 
do you want to do you want to do that and have your kid pay the price because you wanted to be a hero and you wanted you wanted approval from certain people that you did your masculine duty especially a, random assholes on the internet right i mean i mean how ridiculous and and how uncalibrated do you have to be to to get to the point where you just want to get on the internet and you know it's fan, it's it's fantasy football again, right? You know it's That's it's exactly fan it, it is. it's 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 fantasy Good Samaritan is basically what it is. You just substituted you know the police blotter for you know the NFL draft pick list. But, you know, and again, if somebody wants to do that, that's their business. But you have right. to understand, but you have to you have to understand what's actually going on before you get in there. The other thing I was going to say is that in 56 years of living on this planet, I've, I've seen maybe one situation where a dude was roughing up a chick. And that was when I was like 18. And the kitchen that I worked in at the restaurant where I worked. There was this there was this hot blonde chick who was a waitress and there was this, you know, this douchebag who was who was a waiter and they were dating. And, you know, they were out back one day behind the restaurant having an argument and he slapped her across the face. And I was just like, all right, sucks to be you. And I kind of watched through the doorway a little bit, but he slapped her once and went off. That's the one in that for me, that's the one instance of domestic violence that i've seen or if you want to call it that domestic violence and you're probably not going to see that kind of shit in real life what you're probably you're going to you're going to see other shit and the other shit you see is not going to be some innocent woman getting beat up by you know some big goon you might i would say the odds are probably against it unless you're you know you're running around in crack town but even then you're going to go and you know kill one meth head because they were roughing up another meth head. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not. Yeah, me either. It's, and you know, oh, it's cowardly. No, it's called self-preservation and minding your own business. Okay. No good deed goes unpunished. You want to be a savior and yet you're the one that ends up in handcuffs for a murder rap because you got involved in a scenario that had nothing to do with you. That's one thing I've, well, it's one thing I've learned from two different occupations. The armored car industry was number one and bodyguard. I've done that too. This is where uh, I, real quick, I have to throw it up and then I want to get back on target here, but I have to show it. Thanks for being a member there, Bacon. But it was Bacon who, who coined the term, don't be there, Fujitsu, okay, based off shit I've said. The best way to, to kind of quote Bruce Lee, the best way to win a fight, don't be there, okay? When I was bodyguarding, if I had to throw myself in front of a client, I already failed, okay? That was the deal when I dealt with, you know, with strippers and other types of personalities. I made sure that whatever the threat might have been or could have been, we were nowhere near it. And that way, when I told them, you move when I tell you to move, you don't question, you just fucking do it. I'll explain it later, but as it's going down, you fucking do what I tell you to do. It's the same with women I date. I, you know, the belly dancer, I'm like, do you trust me? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, so if I tell you to fucking move, 
are you going to question me or are you going to do what I tell you? She goes, I'm going to do what you tell me. All right, good. Then we're on the same fucking page. And that's the point. Okay. You want to avoid the, the bullshit. Otherwise you failed as the protector is how I see it. And that's how I've been trained. Okay. That's 30 years of fucking training. That it's, I'm always looking for the threat. And as soon as I see something weird show up, I'm like, time to go. We're out. We're moving. And they're like, okay. And out the door we go. And they're like, what was that all about? And then I explain what I saw, what I heard, you know. And maybe I was, you know, seeing a little too much. But it doesn't matter because guess what? I'm alive. She's alive. Everybody's alive. And nobody got hurt. And it's fine. We move on to somewhere else. So all this other bullshit. Well, Dre, you know, Dre makes a point, you know, why risk yourself for a society that doesn't give a shit about you? And for the most part, that's absolutely the the situation here. You know, it would it would change for me if it was somebody I knew and I knew the situation and I was involved in the situation. Obviously, it changes if it's my kids or my grandkids or something like that, it, most likely. But, you know, for the most, you know, it, it, and still, if, you, if you're a dude and you've been, in, I've been in enough real life situations where I've, where I've been. <laughs> you fuckers. <laughs> hey, McTuba shows up again. How nice. Hey, how, you how nice for us. I feel special. Um, <laughs> I've been in enough situations where, you know, I'm nose to nose with some dude who's, who's ready to go. And I'm trying to talk us both down out of it, not in a cowardly way. It's just like, you know, dude's in my face. And I'm like, you know, what are we going to do here? You know, it's just, why don't we just have a beer and forget about it kind of shit. And, uh, and I was ready, you know, I was ready if he was going to, you know, if he was going to, if he was going to, you know, kick it off. But, you know, a lot of times, you know, in those cases, guys are just drunk and, you know, other bullshit. <laughs> yeah, fuck, <laughs> fuck, fuck you very much. You know, it's funny you talk about, you know, standing nose to nose and defusing a situation. And I'm thinking back to all the years that I did armored car and bodyguarding. I never had to defuse one because if some dude started looking at me cross-eyed or talking to my client weird, whatever, I just took him out. It's like, you know, took the client out of the equation, got him out of there. Okay. Because for me to stand there and try and defuse it, that guy would have gotten shot. That's right. where it would have gone yeah. because I was armed, whether he was or not. I assumed he was because that's a good assumption to have. But the reality is he probably wasn't, but I was. Yeah. And, and I knew it. And so if some dude started lipping off, yeah, he's drunk. But at the same time, it's not my job to defuse. My job is to protect the client, protect myself, get out of there. And I don't care. They want to call me a coward or whatever. I'm sitting there. All I'm thinking in my mind is the alternative is I'm going to shoot you. You're going to get shot. And then I'm going to have to deal with that. Yeah. And so it was get them out. Same with the women I date now. It's when we go out, whether we're drinking or not, man. I'm, I'm always carrying. And so right. it's like, oh, you know, young, young buck over here decides, hey, I want to talk to your girl. No, you don't. That's about all he's going to hear from me. He's like, yo, I came over, you know, to say hi. You said hi, now go. Oh, well, what's your deal? Let's go. Time to go. Because I know where it's going. And it's like, dude, you're going to get shot. And so I got to go because I don't need that shit. Well, Matt it's- mentioned, Matt mentioned situational awareness a little while ago and, that's the thing that most people don't, 
you know, don't practice. You know, they're real good at talking about holsters and appendix carry and whatever other bullshit. But, you know, the the whole point about it is is developing your situational awareness, whether you fucking carry a gun or not. Right. You know, regardless of what you do, you know. Doesn't matter if you're carrying a gun, a knife, whatever it is, or you're, you're, or you have been trained enough that you yourself are the lethal weapon. Doesn't matter. Yeah, whatever. And you know, but you know, the guys spout as usual. The guys spouting off on Twitter. You know, they're it's it's back to the checklist again. It's back. Yep. Well, I gotta, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my part as God's masculine representative in my society. <laughs> And it's, it's like, you know, that's just, that just gets, that just gets people hurt and killed. I would never, I would never spout that shit off on the internet. Not that it, not that anything that you fuckers do because of what I say is my responsibility. Cause if you do, then you're a bigger dumbass than, you know, the other guys are, but, no shit. but it's like, I'm not going to just go around, you know, talking that kind of dipshit in this because it's, you know, a it's, I mean, it's it's low grade. It, it comes back to being kind of low grade narcissistic fantasy, is what it really yes, is. That's all this is. It's and, all kayfabe and narcissistic fantasy. And and you know, I you know, it, it's like I said, you know, I'll I'm not I'm not I'm not necessary as a private individual with no rules in, of engagement besides my own. If I'm in an unavoidable situation, I'm not necessarily going to re- run away from it, but I'm also not going to aggravate it and I'm going to try to diffuse it as much as I possibly can. Now, if I can't, you know, then, you know, shit happens, you know, who knows, you know, who knows? Every, we all, we all, you know, the thing about situation, situational awareness is that we all drop the ball at sometimes. Oh yeah. So, yeah. so you can fuck that up and be in a situation you didn't want to be in. And then you have to, you know, decide what to do. But, you know, I mean, I was, you know, the one time I've, I've, I've been on the verge of drawing my firearm once and I did draw it once in 30 years of carrying. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and the time I did, you know, I was in a, I was walking down a dark sidewalk in downtown Birmingham, Alabama. And there is this big, it's this big homeless dude that I'd seen around all the time. And he's just, he's walking down the sidewalk towards me, carrying a fucking brick in his hand. Oh, Jesus. And this guy was a lot bigger than me. So what I did was, you know, I read I, I was actually carrying in my I was carrying a revolver in my pocket at the time. So I reached into my pocket, put my hand on the on the you know the butt of the revolver, and then I walked to the other side of the fucking street. Yeah. Oh my god, dude, you sound exactly like one of the scenarios I had. Yep. And exactly. and and yep. the whole and the whole time and I and he I don't know whether he saw the hand in my pocket or not, but he kind of he kind of stopped when he saw me go across the street and he looked at me. And he saw I was, you know, I had, you know, I mean, I was watching the road, but yeah, I was, I had eye contact on him and got to the other side of the street, just kept walking in the opposite direction, just, you know, turning back and, you know, placing him and also making sure he didn't have a buddy that was on the other side of the street. Mm -hmm. You know, there's all kinds, you don't, you just don't know. Yeah. And so I'm doing all that shit with my head on a swivel, my hand Mm -hmm. on my, on my revolver and you know, I walked myself out of that situation. You know, it's yep. not like, 
oh, well, I have a gun. I, I, you know, I get to kill somebody today. It ain't no, like that. You know, no, no, anybody, no. anybody that's got that attitude is a fucking idiot. I don't want to have yep. anything to do with them. Yeah, that's a loose cannon. That's a loose cannon. That's someone that's going to end up ultimately on a murder rap. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I ain't when you could have well because you know i'm rambo and i'm looking for a fight and i got my gun yeah that's how you end up doing 20 to life you know it's like no 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 dude you sound exactly like the couple of scenarios i've had exactly that it's like yeah see some weird shit put my hand on my weapon and then move across the street move my date with me it's like time to go we're going over here we're walking over here and she's like, oh, okay. You know, she has no idea what the hell I'm seeing. And that's okay. She doesn't need to as long as she can follow instructions. That's all I care about. Well, I'll tell you about it later if you want to know. But for now, just fucking, if I tell you to move, move. That's it. If I tell you, I touch you on the small of the back or your elbow or your shoulder and I go, it's time to go. And I start guiding you away. Just go. That's it. That's all you have to do. You don't have to worry about the situation. I'm watching. I have eyes in the back of my head at this fucking point. Like you said, head on a swivel. I'm I'm doing my thing. I'll tell you about it later if you want to hear about it. But for the moment, just move. That's it. Just go where I tell you to fucking go. That's it. Yeah. Matt, yeah, yeah, Matt, downtown Birmingham, like around around where the downtown library is, a couple blocks over from there, you know, around uh yeah, it's probably like 7th Avenue and 21st Street or some shit like that. I haven't been there in years, so I don't remember exactly, but it was it was just a couple blocks away from the library down there, the downtown library. Everybody's everybody's signing up tonight. Or re-signing up. They've been gone forever and they're coming back trying to yeah, make it up well, to you. This gives them an extra month. They can go back and watch the replays of this and other shows that are now members only. You know, that's what this is all about. You know, there's the T-Rex army, but in my book, there's the Tuscan Raiders. And that's what these guys are to me. (laughs) We're waving gaffy sticks and yelling at fucking sand. (laughs) Gaffy? What the fuck's a gaffy stick? That's that thing that they were holding up in the Star Wars movie. The the little weapon that had the prongs on the end. It's called a gaffy Uh, stick. We know it's funny. Kate mentions her ex-boyfriend taking the seat facing the room. Yep. The very the the first time little Spurg and I ever went anywhere, she just she just said, oh, "You probably want to sit there so you can face the face the room, right?" And I was like, "Yep." Girl, fucking understood. Yep. Good girl. Well, you know she's yeah, you know, she, that's a good girl. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean she's you know she's half the reason she's got she wants a boyfriend is she always wants somebody there that can you know. <laughs> Be the one who gets stabbed and shot instead of her, right? Right. Well, there's that. <laughs> well, yep. I mean, I had I had the talk with her. I was like, "Yeah, I, I'll always have a gun." But here's the thing: um, since I'm the one who's going to most likely get stabbed or shot, you got to do everything I say, the way I say it, when I say it, and uh, don't question me. You know, along the lines of what you were talking about, because that's the that's the conversation I had with my ex-wife conversation i had with you know the couple of women i dated regularly since my divorce there's only been two and little spurg is the latest but you know you know but see that down here that's not an issue there are not 
I mean, they're, you know, your, your average chick down here, you know, she's, she's infected by feminism, but she's not a full, you know, she's a carrier, but she's not a, you know, she's not, you know, she's not a zombie of it. Right. Yeah. She hasn't become a zombie. So, you know, the light stuff, the light feminism, they'll, they, they still, you know, have a hold on, but when it, but when it comes to this kind of shit, they're like, you know, yeah. I need the man to sit on. I need him to sit with the back against the wall and have a 180 degree fucking radius that he can look across all areas. Well, you know, in little Spurg, you know, she's again, you know, she's, she's tiny. So she's scared anyway. You know, she's, sure. she's scared. As she's would be. She's scared whenever she goes out, she's intimidated by almost everybody except for other, you know, other women that are roughly her size and don't have a butch haircut, but you know, she's, because everybody's larger than her, you know, right. and it's and it's like, look, there there are a lot of dudes that I know could, you know, probably wipe the floor with me if they cheat at fighting as well as I do. You know, is you know, if 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 Bullrush is as good of a cheater as I am, then he'd clean my clock. But, you know, the, the point is, is that I, I've never walked around in, in society feeling intimidated or fear really yeah. ever. I mean, I've, you know, I've, and by fear, I, I don't mean like, you know, I, I have a, I have a very calibrated understanding of my own mortality and mm -hmm. that shit can happen at any moment. You could be walking down the street and some bug can fly in your eye and bite All you right. and, you know, give you cancer and whatever else. But, you know, just as far as being intimidated in general, I've just, I'm, I'm never, you know, I've never have been, and I doubt I ever will be. Um, but for, you know, but for her, her experience with the world is completely different in that sense from mine. So, right. Well, and the fun thing is let's tie all of this prior experience, training knowledge, all the shit. Okay. I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm also watching the chat, watching, uh, Matt talk about, you know, people think I'm just a psychopath. Part of it looks like, you know, because he looks like a pro wrestler and the other part is physicality. And I've met Matt and he's a big fucking dude. Okay. He is. He's a big fucking dude. And I get it. Same with Bullrush. Bullrush is a big fucking dude. Okay. Cause I've met him in real life that I'm like, man, if that motherfucker put his hands around my neck, he'd probably just be able to get one hand around and have his like middle finger and his thumb touching because of how big his hands are. Okay. I'm a little guy. I am not a big man. I'm five foot four, 130 pounds, guys. I ain't shit, okay? But underestimate me at your peril. And I've had to learn that mentality because I am not a big guy. I don't have the physicality, which can be a detriment in protecting, whether it's a girlfriend or it's doing armored car bodyguard. It can be seen as a detriment because other guys are sizing you up going, oh, he's a little shit. He can't do anything, which is why I always tell them it's time to go because the alternative is I'm going to have to kill them. I'm not going to beat them up. I'm not going to whip their ass. I'm going to kill them because they're underestimating me and they're going off of my size. And I understand that in, in a lot of ways, and it doesn't make me Billy Badass. Oh no, not at all. There's always bigger, better, and badder than me. But it means that's the direction I'm going to have to go from the very beginning. It's not going to be chest thumping and looking, you know, sizing each other up and seeing who blinks first. Because for me, I'm going to a firearm right from the get-go because everybody's bigger than me, which makes me in many ways the most dangerous man you'll ever encounter.
Well, I, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I was a lot more, uh, I was a lot more circumspect when I was younger and my kids were younger because again, it goes back to, you know, is, is defending that chick who I don't know some random, some random clam is, is her life worth more than mine or is her life worth more than my kids being able to grow up with their father. Right. And, and that's, and, and that's, there are several, there are several algorithms you run your mind, you start running through when you start taking this stuff seriously. And that's one of them. Right. And in a lot of cases, I, you know, in most cases I'd come to the conclusion that, you know, hell no, sucks to be her. And then, you know, but the fact of the matter is that most of those scenarios are made up because most of the time your average guy isn't going to face that. Cops are going to face that. You know, paramedics are going to face that. Firemen are going to face that. A lot of a lot of other people are going to face that. But as far as the number of, you know, just average civilians facing that, relatively speaking, it's pretty low. Now, you know, depending on where you live and how you live and what you're into, that could you know, raise the probability somewhat, but, you know, I'm just, I'm just a boring white guy. So, you know, for me, those kinds of situations rarely, if ever came up now, you know, I said, you know, there've been two incidents, one where I, you know, where I almost pulled a gun and one where I did, and I did have a guy at my house I was home alone one night and I saw this guy outside the house lurking around my truck. And so, you know, I went out there and confronted him and I had, I had my pistol out. It was, it wasn't pointed at him. It was a low ready, but it was about to be pointed at him. And, and I yelled at him and challenged him and he ran away. And so I let him run away, of course. And he had a car parked nearby and I watched him jump into his car and, and, take on, you know, take off down the road. Um, you know, but that's, that's the closest I ever, you know, in 30 years of caring, that's the closest I ever got to actually shooting someone. And I'm just glad that, you know, when I, you know, cause I, I probably made him shit his pants cause he, he seemed to think nobody was home and, and I had snuck out there and uh, surprised him. So, you know, I'm just glad he didn't run at me. Cause if he ran at me, I'd have probably shot his ass, but that's right, Danny. Random clam can put you in a jam. <laughs> That's almost a song right there. But yeah, I mean, you know, to me, you know, for me, I mean, I care. I still carry all the time, and half the time, I'm, you know, I'm. If I go out somewhere, I'm still carrying when I come home, or at least I've got a gun in every room. But the time that I really carry, you know, I make sure that I'm, you know. And sometimes, sometimes this is road trips when I'm driving places and I typically have, you know, I'm typically carrying a, you know, a full size, well, maybe not a full size auto pistol, but like a Glock 19, which is, which is compact. But then I usually also have my revolver, my little snubby in my, uh, in a pocket holster in my pocket too. And, uh, I don't take any chances when I'm on the road. Cause I've just seen that's that's where I've usually seen weird shit yep. is when I've when I've gone on a road trip, you know, and la- you know, summer before last or year before last when I was going back and forth to Florida all the time, you know, I, I went through a lot of sketchy towns in a lot of sketchy places in Georgia and Florida. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't have felt comfortable doing that without, you know, 
without being well healed. <laughs> mm. Real quick, got to throw some love to Dark Knight Dev. Well, and he makes he makes a great point because what what most people don't practice, and I would say even in addition to that, but gra- but I think he covers it with grappling is that you have what, and, and this is this is why I get into arguments with people over uh, strong side hip carry versus appendix carry because I'm very mm. much I'm very much against appendix carry, and 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 it's because in real world scenarios um, you're likely fighting off a guy with one hand. If you're tr- if you're trying to, you know trying to reach for your firearm with the other, mm-hmm. and and to me if you're and you know I was taught this but I I buy into it to me if I'm if I'm face to face with somebody I'm having to fight them off and then I'm going for a pistol that's right here in front then they can see that real good and it makes it a whole lot more likely that you're going to be able to grab that pistol mm-hmm. possibly turn it towards me. Possibly, you know, accidentally the trigger gets pressed while, you know, we're mm-hmm. fighting over it and he shoots my fucking dick off or, you know, mm-hmm. some kind of shit. So, you know, fighting him off with there to me, if my if my pistol is on my strong side hip, I've got a better chance of drawing it cleanly and getting the muzzle on him mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. before he can actually grab it. Now, mm-hmm. nothing's guaranteed, you know, obviously. Right. You know, in the real world, you know, just shit goes crazy. But, you know, we've we've practiced all that shit with, you know, like rubber rubber training pistols and whatnot. And, you know, to me, that's just to me, that's for me, that's the way to go um, Mm. for a lot of other reasons. But it just gets back to the whole the whole thing about, you know, most people who are getting on Twitter and LARPing about, you know, what a badass you have to be when somebody's in danger and you got to, you know, find a phone booth and change into your Superman costume and all that kind of <laughs> shit, you know, is that they, I can tell by the way they talk, they've never even practiced for the kinds of scenarios they're talking about. All yeah. they've done is sponge shit up in their head, yeah. you know, created pr- want to be what if scenarios and think, Oh, I got this covered. And watch too much John Wick and, you know. Yeah, no shit. Too much John Wick, too much Equalizer, too much Bodyguard, all that shit. Because it's like none of those fucking movies are even close to the truth. Most of Bodyguarding, the, the closest analogy I ever heard was, and I and maybe you know who it was that said it, Nick, but they were talking about war. And they were saying like war is like these huge periods of boredom cut up by like seconds of sheer terror. Yeah, okay? I've heard that. that, I've heard that. Yeah. And I'm paraphrasing it, but that's that's bodyguarding. Okay, that's armored car. Most of the time, 99.99% of the time, you're fucking bored out of your mind. You're just kind of keeping an eye on everything and nothing goes down, which is what you want. But you're like, oh God, you're staring at the clock. You're looking at your watch going, is it time? Are we done yet? Okay, but then there's that three seconds of absolute sheer terror when something goes down or I have to all of a sudden sit up, take notice and then put my hand on whoever I'm with and go, it's time to fucking go. And out the door we go. And it was three seconds of sheer terror. And I didn't even draw a weapon, but that was the next step if someone had intervened. Real quick, though, Dark Knight Dev for the $5. 
Take six months of boxing and grappling along with firearms and you're beating 99% of people. The smartest thing is walking away from conflict. And that I'll agree with. Um, One of the things I learned in both bodyguarding and in the armored car, if they can touch you, it's already too late. You're too close. And so I would always keep people at a bare minimum seven feet, if not further. Okay. Now, sometimes situations came up where, yeah, you couldn't, you just couldn't. You couldn't keep them that far away. That's just the way the game went, and that's what the client wanted, whatever. And so you sucked it up, and that three seconds of absolute terror lasted for a half an hour. Okay? But otherwise, if I was calling the shots and, and saying, no, no, I have, I have total control here, you're not getting at least 20 feet near anybody. You're right. going to, there's going to be this, this fucking radius of 20 feet all around you. I am the only person who's going to be inside that radius and it needs to be a minimum of 20 feet. That way I have at least a moment to react and pull my weapon, whatever it is, as they're running at me with a knife or they're coming out, they're drawing a, a weapon, drawing a pistol, drawing a rifle, whatever they're doing. It gives me more time to react. If they're already within touching distance, they're way too close. Well, and, and you know, the problem. Deal with grappling. It's you know, like and, fucking close. And the problem is, is that, well, you know, I think it's important to learn that stuff because at some point you're going to fuck up and somebody is going to get too close. That's the problem. And, you know, because he, look at it this way, you know, you can have all the situational awareness you want, but if you're standing there, at an ATM on the street, your attention is going to be off of your six at yep. some point. And the, the thing that was impressed upon me, because I, I used to, in a job I had, I wasn't security, I wasn't a cop, but I hung out with the cops who worked there and pulled security. And, you know, one of the one of the points they made, which was very good, because we were talking about this, and this was back, you know, I was in my 30s, shit. And, uh, and he was like, look, I'm glad you carry, I'm glad you train, I'm glad you do X, Y, Z. But here's the thing. These shit bags on the street that I deal with every day, some of them fight every day. Yes. So they, they, are, they are experts and you're not. And I don't care if you take, you know, three kinds of martial arts and you're in the dojo every night after work. You don't have the feral instincts and the, just the experience that any of those guys do. So if they want to come up and cut you, they're probably going to come up and cut you because they're going to they're going to know how to find when you're most vulnerable. Now, there, you know, there there are things you can do to try to increase your odds that you're not going to look like their preferred victim. But where I worked in downtown Birmingham and I ended up having to interact with homeless people down there and other savory characters every fucking day, sooner or later, somebody takes a grudge against you or they just don't fucking like you because they don't like the sound of your voice or they don't like the way you look and it doesn't have anything to necessarily even to do with anything you did. They just decide they just, you know, and a lot of them are crazy. So they just decide, you know, you're the motherfucker that they need to take out to feel better mm-hmm. about themselves at that point. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's all of that kind of shit that goes on. And to think that, you know, just to, just to have that idea that, well, because I've, you know, because I believe in God or because I'm, you know, because I'm a, you know, because I'm a masculine, whatever, you know, whatever it is, I'm a gumroad stoic, you know, I'm a gumroad pistolero, you know, whatever it is to think that, you know, that's going to necessarily keep you, uh, you know, 
100% safe, 100% guiltless, and 100% alive, all those things are false. And you just, you have to realize that chaos is chaos. And the reason it's chaos is because you can't control it. You don't, you don't control when necessarily when the fight happens, when it comes to you, you know, who's involved, any of that kind of shit. So for you to actively go out and look for it, you know, you're just, you know, you're just asking for more trouble. Why would anybody do that? And why would anybody try to shame and guilt dudes into thinking, you know, it's time, it's time for us to walk around and police society. It's like, yeah, nah, nah, I don't think so. If it's like I said, if it's, yeah, a little bit, it's part of it, Zachary, it's part of it. If it's Spurg, if it's, you know, if it's my granddaughter, all that shit's a different story, right. but just, just randomly, it's not my job to protect society. It's my job mm -hmm. to protect myself and to look out for my you interests. And yours. You and, and yours. That's and, and that's a that's about you know where it goes and it's like you know i mean you know when i was younger i had i had friends mouth off getting to fights and i i was right there with them you know i had their back and all that kind of shit but now i don't hang out with dudes that run their mouths and get into fights i hang out my my friends my friends have more goddamn sense than that and if yeah. and so and so i will say you know if i'm going to give out any advice i will say that if you've got a friend who's just, you know, Billy badass and he's got a lot to prove and he's out there looking for shit. You need better friends. You know? Yep. I'll agree with that. hundred percent. I'll endorse that statement. A hundred percent. Um, guys, when it comes down to it, you keep your head on a swivel, you make eye contact with everybody, which will deter probably three fourths of whatever potential issues because they are now seen their element of surprise is gone. You look at their eyes, they see you looking at them and then you look at their hands. Where are their hands? What are their hands doing? You move, you distance yourself, you back up, you go across the street, whatever it is, you tell your girl time to go and away you fucking go. Okay. I did armored car for almost 15 years. There was only one time that I ever had to unholster my weapon. I never had to draw down because if I had to have drawn down, somebody would have gotten shot. Okay. Because it's otherwise it's brandishing. It's like, if you're going to, if you're going to draw down on someone, you better shoot them. That's at least how the law works here. Okay. But I did have to unholster one time. And I'll tell you, that was three seconds of sheer terror. Okay. Otherwise, there's only been a couple other times in my private life where, yeah, they didn't know I was drawing down on them because there was a barrier there. But I had the weapon placed about where their head was, and it would have gone through the barrier if I needed to go there. Okay, But the person on the other side of that barrier had no idea. But that's what you get when you show up where I'm at, uninvited, unannounced, and I don't know who the fuck you are. That's the reality of my world, okay? But you watch hands, you watch their eyes, you make sure that they see you seeing them. I had a guy in a in a 7-Eleven, a, a convenience store. My uh, guard and I, this was, god damn, this is back in 97, 98. It's been a long time ago. I was working on the ATM. My guard was keeping an eye on me and keeping an eye on the public. So his back was to mine because I'm 
you know, face down, ass up in an ATM machine counting fucking money. Hmm. All right. Worst position you could be in. Is <laughs> I was about to say. Yeah, that's, that's why I had a guard. Okay. But he taps me and I turn and look at him and he kind of gestures and I see a guy standing by the, the cashier and you could see his firearm printing on the back of his shirt that he was, he was spine carrying that it's like, okay. And he was just letting me know, Hey, there's a guy over there with a pistol. Well, that's not uncommon in Utah. Concealed carry is common here, but I'm like, ah, good to know. Well, at one point as I'm still working on this ATM, I'm kind of keeping an eye on the guy. The guy turns around and sees me. We lock eyes and he all of a sudden gets tough guy and goes, what you scared? And I said, you're fucking a right. I'm scared. I know what you have there. And then that's when my hand dropped to my sidearm. And boy, his demeanor from tough guy changed real quick. When I said, you're fucking a right, I'm scared. Because I didn't, you know, braggadocio. I didn't alpha male it. I just answered his question. I said, you're fucking a right, I'm scared. I'm scared of you. And then he saw where my hand went. And he's like, oh shit. And he all of a sudden deflated and out the door he went. It was braggadocio. What's that? I thought that was some kind of pasta. Yeah, well, you know, braggad, you know, he was being a braggart. Braggadocio with meat sauce. Yeah, something like that. But he mm -hmm. was playing tough guy. You know what? You scared? You goddamn right I'm scared. I'm scared of you. I mean, and just think about my hand went because I dropped it onto my sidearm at that point because I didn't know what he was going to do. I don't know this motherfucker from Adam. And it's like, I don't know what you're going to do, dude. And so you bet your ass I'm fucking scared. And when he saw that I wasn't joking around and saw where my hand was, he decided, yeah, I'm going to leave. And so we fucking left. Guys, there's nothing. You, you, you don't get kudos for being a tough guy. Yeah. You do not. You get kudos. You get to live. When you look someone in the eye and go, you're fucking A right, I'm scared. That's what you get. You get to live because people realize, oh shit, this guy's scared. Well, that's self-defense and I'm going to do whatever I have to do. That's what it comes down to. And people see it. There's been more than one occasion where I've had some tough guy. What, you scared? You bet your ass I'm scared. I'm scared of you. And they're just like, oh shit. Because they know on some level where it's going next if they want to go there. Well, I mean, and the problem is that if you're a regular quasi decent citizen, you're not out there, you know, raising hell, you know, you're just, you know, you're doing your, your job, you're coming home and, you know, you're being dopey for your wife and whatever other bullshit you're doing. You know, our, our default tendency is just assume other people are like us or, or in our same, yeah, they, they have the he same headspace that we do. And the fact of their matter, I mean, you got to think that, you know, look at all the dumb, weird shit that people post on Twitter. You're interacting with those people every fucking day, you know, standing in line at the Circle K and paying for gas, doing whatever other bullshit you're doing, you know, going mm -hmm. to going to the cupcake stand and buying cupcakes, whatever it is you do with your time. Right. Uh, you know, and, you know, half the people around you, you got to figure are probably, you know, crazier than you and half of them are not as crazy as you or whatever, you know, whatever, and however you want to have nothing to lose, all whatever you want, however you want to look at it. You don't want to be the one that, you know, starts shit and you don't want to you don't necessarily want to be the one that finishes it either, depending on the nature of said shit. And you can just see all the people that have gotten, you know, and. You know, that guy that choked out the dude in the subway in New York and everybody wants to make him 
out to be a hero. And I'm not saying he is or isn't. I don't, I wasn't there, you know, neither was I, I get some new legal hassles he's dealing with. I get, I get some new shit, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I just see what's in the news. Right. So whatever happened there, and I'm not saying he shouldn't have done what he did. Maybe he should have, I don't know. I wasn't there, but, but the, but the, but that's kind of the point. I wasn't there. Yep. And therefore, I can't assess that situation. The only way I can assess that situation if I was actually there. Now, do I think that he, you know, do I think that he deserves, you know, whatever they're going to throw at him legally? That I don't know either. Right. You know? It's fucking it's fucking New York. Right. You know, it's fucking and New that, York. And that's the point. No, you know, not only no. You're six, you're nine, you're 12, you're four, you're two, all that shit. Know your proximity of where you're at and what's going on. Situational awareness. Know your laws too. Know what works for you and what works against you. He done something like that in Utah. He probably would have fallen under the umbrella of a good Samaritan law. And he'd have probably been found not guilty of anything. Okay. But then again, I wasn't there. And that's the point. The guy in the subway, we weren't there. You don't know the laws unless you live in New York and you better know them well, well enough that you might get indicted for some kind of a criminal offense. Okay. Just like what that guy is facing right now that I'm looking at that going, you know, I'll bet you that guy wished he hadn't done it, that he'd have just minded his own business and sat there quietly while some assholes being a fucking weirdo and mentally unstable and terrorizing everybody, but at least his ass would be going home, dealing with friends and family instead of, fuck, I might go to prison. Okay. Or he may have, you know, he may have been better off just, you know, punching the guy once really hard in the face yeah, and maybe. knocking his ass out, you know? Yeah, maybe. I mean, we, we could have, would have, should have, and we can Monday right. night quarterback this to death. The point is the guy's in a legal hassle now because he decided to step up and play Batman. Okay. Well, he used, he used, I mean, the I'm no attorney, but I play one on the internet like everybody else <laughs> down, down here in Alabama. You can't use deadly force unless you believe that your life or somebody else is, is in, in imminent danger, imminent or danger. People, yeah. Imminent danger or, or death. Yep. Reasonable reasonable threat and you know and and the problem here is that everybody is so tired of thugs just get thugs and crazies getting away with shit right that when this happens all they see is a good samaritan helping decent people out right but that's not but that's not the, the danger where's that's the not the, danger to me that's not the entire situation now right. i don't want to see you know, I don't want to see that guy, you know, get, you know, 20 years in prison, but, but he killed a guy. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's not like, it's not like he restrained him. It's not like he roughed him up. It's not like he assaulted him. He killed the guy. Yeah. And he, he used lethal force. Yeah. 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 Nick August is my personal covert contract attorney. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's Real good. quick. <laughs> All right, Guillermo, I'm I'm not even going to try and pronounce your last name, dude, because I'll murder it. Just like I'm pretty sure I murdered your first name. Sasseries. 
Okay, I'll, I'll go I'm with that. Guessing. I don't know. I'm just I, guessing. I, that's better than me. I'm not even going to try, but thank you. I don't even know what CLP is. Nick, do you do you know what currency that is? Because I have no idea what that is. Um, I don't know. Clitoris pesos, maybe? Yeah, I like that, you know, if that's the case. But 2500 If you want another tool in the inventory, take a look to... Esgrima, dude, I'm going to murder this. Criola, Criola from Argentina. All in all, avoid crazy shit in the street is the best. Guys, this is oh, what yeah, we're talking about, okay? It, it's that don't be there jujitsu. Don't be there jitsu. The best way to win a fight is don't be there, okay? In all the time that I bodyguarded, I never had an issue, not once, as far as me having to jump in front of a client and take a knife to the lungs or take a bullet or any of that shit. Because if it was sketchy in any shape or form, I was like, we're out, we're gone, we're going, let's go. Because that's the only way I would deal with clients. It's like, you do what I say when I say when I tell you to, okay? And and if they couldn't do that, then it's like, hire someone else because I'm not your guy. And so there were a couple of times where I was like, time to go, you know, because something got my, you know, got my spidey sense tingling, got me feeling weird. It was a funny feeling in the stomach. It's like, it's time to go. You know, it's that intuition, that gut feeling that somebody mentioned earlier. But otherwise, there was never one of those three seconds of sheer terror. I never had that bodyguarding because I controlled the situation as far as, okay, we're going here. No, 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 we're not. We're not going there. We're going here. This is what we're doing. Yeah, you can be seen and do your thing and everyone's great until they're not. But the minute I say we're done, we're out. That's it. And there were a couple of times. Yep, we're done. We're out. Let's go. And out the door we went. But otherwise, nothing came up. It was the most boring fucking job I ever had. But man, I'm so glad it was boring because I didn't have to take a bullet, take a knife, or I didn't have to kill somebody. And so that's what I wanted. I wanted to literally be glancing around and looking at my watch going, is it time to leave yet? You know, mm. because I'm fucking bored. It's time to go. You know, I want to leave because I want to go home and go to bed. But I never got involved in any kind of legal entanglement. I never had to take a life. I never had to take a, a fucking bullet or a knife or some kind of weapon to the head or to the body. It's like, ah, no, because I got the client the fuck out. Let's get out or, oh, hey, this looks sketchy as fuck. Let's not even go there. We're going to go somewhere else. And if they didn't like it, well, then I quit. You find another guy. I'm not doing it. You know, there's been a couple of clients that I did. I, I wouldn't take them on. It's like, no, I'm not taking you on because you're going to question my judgment and I can't have that. So that's how it went. But at least I could say, oh, the years I bodyguarded, dude, they were dull as fuck. Nothing ever went down. That's the point. Real anyway. men, real men choke out people on subways, Rob. That's what, re <laughs> that's what masculine men do. Yeah, is that what it is? <laughs> He's he, out. He's out with enchiladas. That's he's out. He's, he's out making. Some, he's out some making some enchiladas. Baby enchiladas. <laughs> mm. Bull, Bull Rush is so pussy whipped. He's like a battered <laughs> wife. He's been beat so hard with that shit. <sighs> yeah, just calls it go run foo, but you know it's all the yeah, same thing. Don't be there, foo. Go run foo. Dude, yeah, well, what's 
keeps me out of jail, out of a court case, that I don't have to hire Chest Rockwell to fucking back me up and present my case, and I don't end up in the morgue or in the hospital. Dude, I fucking win. I win. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. It's like, I don't have to hire Chest. I don't have to go sit in a jail. I don't have to talk to the cops. I don't have to go to the hospital or God forbid someone calls my friends and family saying I'm in the morgue. Dude, I fucking win. It doesn't matter. So be the tough guy you want. I'll, I'll run away. I'm fine because I'll live to fight another day. Well, I mean, it, it, it bears repeating that, you know, the few people that I follow on, on social media and that, you know, I pay the most attention to, none of them are out there, you know, doing the LARPing, you know, be a man of God and sacrifice yourself for the sake of society. And because that's, because that's what this, all this stuff really gets back to. And it's such an artificial mm -hmm. and it's such an artificial and fake little world that they've constructed. It goes back to the, you know, it's, it's kind of a narcissistic fantasy about, you know, about, you know, I'm going to, I'm going it, to, it's like when I was a kid and my parents got mad at me and punished me and it's like, I'm going to show them, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go out and I'll probably get hit by, I'm going to run away from home and get hit by a car and die. And then they'll be, you know, and then they'll be sad that they, you know, that they ever punished me and got mad at me. It's like the, it's like almost the same thing, except it's, well, I'm going to, I'll show everybody, I'm going to go out and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to save somebody and get killed. And even if I get killed, I'll be remembered as a hero. Meanwhile, your kids, you know, are depressed and you're, you know, your ex-wife or your widow shacks up with a succession of guys, you know, some of whom may be diddling your kids and, you know, Ooh, but, yeah. but you got, you went out and got killed over some crack whore that stabbed the guy the day before and he was just looking for a little payback. Congratulations. You, you saved the fucking West motherfucker. You know, God's, God's welcoming you with open arms. He's not going to be able to do much for your kids getting molested, but you know, yeah. Hey, you can't have everything. You're a hero. Or, you know, even if you're not, you know, the, the people who end up with your widow aren't, you know, fucking around with the kids, you still end up running into a guy like me where I'm like, I'll take good care of your, your widow. <laughs> I'm there for her. I'm not there for your children. Your kids mean fuck all to me. So I might let your kids cut my grass. Yeah, maybe. You know, otherwise, I don't care. Oh, what, what if she starts an OnlyFans? I don't give a fuck. They're not my kids. I'm here for the wife or, you know, the widow. I'm not here for the kids. Fuck them. So that's what you get to deal with with me. I'll make sure she's dicked down good and properly if she's good looking enough. But your kids, fuck them. They're not mine. Why do I care? Okay. That's the reality. You want to die a hero for crackhead random women on the street and you're Batman saving Gotham. Hey, go right ahead, bro. I'm the Joker. I'll diddle your, your, your widow your wife, I'll fucking make her come all kinds of ways. Your kids, <laughs> fuck them. I don't care about them. They're not mine. That's the deal. That's what you get when you want to play hero. You get guys like me. And I'm not fucking around with your kids, period. One way or another. But you get to deal with a guy like me where I'll make sure she's taking care of your kids. Fuck them. I don't care what happens to them. They're not mine. So I don't give a fuck. Roman says, I don't get why so many dudes on Twitter spend all their free time hating on OnlyFans chicks. Well, because, yeah, they, because they're not getting anything. Because from they them. don't get laid. That's why. 
that's, that's why. That's why, Roman, you understand with the difference between a hoe and a bitch, right? Okay. Only fans, girls, or bitches. That's all you need to know. These guys that get pissed off about OnlyFans, it's because they're the guy that she would never fuck, even though she'd fuck everybody else. That's all this is. It's that ice cube shit from back in the early 90s, man. It's nothing new. Well, and most of the, look, most of the chicks who are doing OnlyFans, at least the good looking ones, they weren't going to fuck you anyway, dude, whoever you are out there getting mad at them. So it doesn't really, it's a wash because they're still out of your league and there's nothing they're going to, there's nothing you can do, you know, to, to get them. And if they wanted to be actual hookers, then, you know, maybe you'd have a shot if you had the cash, but they don't, they just want to, you know. But the, the thing is that, you know, most of the women out there are not doing OnlyFans. Most 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 women out there in the real world and this is aren't they're not even getting close to it. Yet. This is the right, this is the world that I that I live in and I fuck, okay? And they're just they're just a, there's mainly what's out there is just a bunch of flawed women, just like there's a bunch of flawed men. And, and they're all yelling just, at each other on the internet. That's all a, it is. It's a bunch of flawed human beings trying to deal with each other in the real world. And then when they get on on the Twitters, then they it, can. It's world, it's professional wrestling. Right. Then it's <laughs> then it's oh, I get to, you know, I get to beat up my favorite caricature of the bad guy today. Mm-hmm. And and that's all it is. And the reason people keep doing it is because there's always going to be another bad guy in your head. You're never going to be satisfied because you're only you're, you're, the person you're fighting against is yourself. Ultimately, it's just your own conception and projection of the stuff that either, you know, you're mad because you can't have or you're mad because somebody else is getting away with it and you're Matt. not. There it is. And, there it is. Yep. And is. and so it's really, you know, you're 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 fighting, you know, you're fighting with yourself. It's a show yeah. about nothing, you know. <laughs> kind of like this show for the last three years, we've had a conversation about nothing. Well, it's, no, it's it's been about something. It's just been the same something every yeah. week, which is nothing. But, right. <laughs> Fucking, oh man! Fucking McTubus. He bailed out again too. He's probably he may be listening in the background while he, you know, where he codes up some smut. That or he's masturbating with chainsaws. He's doing something. Mm. I mean, I, you know, I told I told Little Spurg. I said, hey, if you want to do OnlyFans, that's fine. But you know, I'm going to manage it. I'm going to take ninety percent. Hell yeah, dude. You have no idea how many women I've dated that I've said shit like that to that they're like, what would you think? I'm like, let me run the back end of it and take at least 60% and we'll fucking make this shit for real. You know, talk about pimp. It's like, I'll pimp you out because they ain't touching your ass. But if you want to take their money and take us on a cruise or buy dinner and food, I will let simps fucking finance my lifestyle. I have no problem when some bro goes, yo, bro, I saw your girl on the internet and I saw her titties for $5. I'm going to turn around and say, thanks for the money, bro. Thanks. That was a trip. That, that bought me a, uh, that bought me a bar brand Manhattan in Las Vegas. Right. Dude, when I used to bounce in the strip clubs, man, I dated a stripper once. Okay. And the the thing, you know, strippers aren't all they're cut up to be, guys. They're really not. 
they're neurotic as hell. A lot of them have drug issues. A lot of them have debt issues. It's kind of why they got into it because it's easy money, kind of like OnlyFans today, okay? But I had guys that would walk in, you know, I'm being the bouncer, but it's also, hey, one of the women there, I'm dating her. I wouldn't call her a girlfriend, but she's a fucking stripper. We went out, we banged, we had fun. Guys would be like, oh, I, I saw her titties. And I'm like, thanks for the money, bro. Okay, I don't give a fuck you saw her titties. I'm the one going home with her and I'm the one that's fucking spending your money. Thanks, for, thanks for the cigar she bought me, dude. Right. I mean, it's like, so? Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. That's the whole thing. You know, that's how I look at, you know, these guys that are going off kind of like this whole, you know, got to die a hero thing, but they're going off, you know, oh, you know, these accounts that are, you know, the guys, uh, you know, he's in the back scenes while his girlfriend is shooting her pussy in the, in the tub or whatever, you know, on OnlyFans or doing some kind of soft core version on Twitch or whatever. And, oh, he's such a simp and a cuck and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there going, no, dude, he's a fucking pimp. The dude's making money and he's laughing all the way to the bank at your expense because you fuckers are the ones paying for it. Whether you're doing it for the outrage or you're doing it because you get your jollies off it, I don't care. And I guarantee you, neither does he. He doesn't give a fuck. Kind of like that chick that got railed here a month or so ago. You know, I, I don't even want to say names. But, you know, it was a big kerfuffle on Twitter. Oh, he's a cuck. He's a simp and blah, blah. And I'm like, no, he's not. He's a businessman and he just made bank because you dumbasses bought it. Okay. I understand pimp game when I see it. And it's like, yeah, this dude's a fucking pimp. And he's laughing. They they are both, him and his wife, girlfriend, whatever she is, they're laughing all the way to the fucking bank. And you know what? Good for them. That's how I look at that. It's like, you guys want to get outraged, man. Find a better fucking source of outrage. Well, the, this isn't it. Well, you know, two things. One, I, I just want to recap something, you know, because we were talking about the violence thing a while ago. And, it, and I just remembered back when Nick Jr. was about, 20 19 or 20 he worked he worked the door you know he was essentially a bouncer at one of the at one of the uh, more popular nightclubs nearby now he was underage and but he had a he had a fake he had a fake id he did all kinds of shit <laughs> you know i mean nick's always been a troublemaker right uh, uh, sort of a low-grade troublemaker he's he's always been a, a rascal okay he he worked the door there for about maybe four to six months. I'm not sure exactly how long. And he, and he was talking to me one day and he finally said, I said, Oh, why'd you quit? And, Oh, I know what it was. He worked there for a while. And then he went to this other bar for a while. And then he just said, you know, fuck this shit. And I said, why'd you quit? He said, well, because I had to, you know, I, I'd have to get into, you know, I'd have to do all this shit that would end up, you know, either getting me into a fight or almost getting me a fight, you know, with a bunch of people who a didn't know me, or, you know, I was having, you know, I was having to watch the, you know, I was, I was ultimately like, you know, having to stop something because this dude started something with his girlfriend or, you yep. know, it's, and it's like, why the, why the fuck should I get my ass beat for some chick? I don't know for the guy, you know, for the bar owner, for yep. anybody else, you know, and it mm -hmm. was like, and, and I gotta, I gotta give it to him. He, he learns those lessons. He, he, he doesn't, he's not, he's not 
you know, he's always been young enough that he hasn't been smart enough to not get into that situation to begin with, but he learns quick. And then mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, this is bullshit. You know? mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's, that's one of the, bouncing. that's why I quit bouncing. Well, I mean, and, and it's, and it's what he did too. I was like, you know, I can make more money doing shit that doesn't make me have to, you know, risk getting my ass cut or something, yep. you know, exactly. just cause some drunk asshole doesn't know how to act. Yep. And, well, you I know, did. same reason. Yep. And yep. so, and then, you know, the other, well, I don't remember what the other thing was cause I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. I know what it is. All right, here we go. Recovery. <laughs> <laughs> the it always takes me a second, especially when I've been drinking. Um, the we we've got this disease now, and it's the everybody has to value what I value disease, and people can't understand that. And and this isn't discounting discounting like you know uh, evolutionary psychology, red pill shit, game, whatever. But people don't understand or don't seem to understand that other people can be completely different from you in what they want and what they can tolerate. And it's not because they couldn't have what you have. So we got all these guys on there who are like, well, you know, if you're, you know, letting your chick get railed, you know, then it means this, this and this. Maybe he's just a cold motherfucker and he doesn't care. Mm. You know, maybe, maybe he hasn't learned his lesson yet, you know, but what difference does it make and what business is it of yours? I mean, there, you know, there are people, it's just like the marriage thing. There are people out there that don't want to be married. Right. There are people there that, you know, don't want to have kids. There are people out there that can't imagine not having kids. Right. So, you know, the idea that, you know, it, it's sort of like this, uh, you know, again, it, it comes, it's almost a narcissistic fantasy again. It's that, oh, well, I've got the perfect life. I'm sorry you don't, but you could. If you just do X, Y, Z, then you can have the same life as me. Well, not everybody wants the same life as you, dude. You know, some people, some people don't want to get married or some people don't want to get married until they're 60 and then they do, you know? Mm-hmm. That's that's the that's the beauty of it, right? Everybody gets to do their shit. They can fuck around and find out. Mm-hmm. And, and and the thing that I think is funny is a lot of these dudes are going to be a lot of these you know trad cons are going to be going through their divorce while a lot of other dudes are getting married for the first time, <laughs> you know, at fifty five or whatever. Uh huh. You know, uh-huh. and, and and then what are you going to say? You know, it's just it's just like everybody is so hyper focused on you know like all these life hacks and this is the thing that's gonna work and you know hey i'm aj cortez and i i I endorse sunning your butthole and like all this little all these little dumb things that people say on the internet just because they need something to say right and or they need they need to justify whatever their you know whatever their own whatever their own you know, thing is whatever they're afraid of all that other kind of shit. And it's like, you know, some, some dudes, some dudes are, you know, are hooking up with their chick because it's mainly, it's mainly transactional and that's what they want right now. So, you know, you can sit there and make fun of them if you want to, but if they're getting what they want, what difference does it make? Who really cares? And, you know, if you want to, you know, if you want to pull the God card out, you know, good luck with that. Well, there's that. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm petty. I'm a spiteful, petty <laughs> motherfucker. So 
I'm going to say that as a preface to what I'm about to say, which is these, you know, big card, trad con, you know, player types. You all know the names. You know, they got the the kids for clout, you know, the fuck trophies for clout on the internet. They got the wife as clout. And I can't wait for five to ten years from now when they get divorced because she ain't happy. Happy. And she's fucking a guy like me, okay? And to watch his whole empire, his whole image, his whole brand just disintegrate. You know, because I was the God-fearing, Jesus-loving, 2.5 kids in a white picket fence, and yet my ex-wife now, or my soon-to-be ex-wife, was fucking a biker who played with fire and is an atheist. That's the kind of shit I live for. When I see shit like that, that she left me for a heathen. That's the kind of shit that gets me off, that it's like, yeah, watch your little empire of cards. Your glass house fucking shatter. That's I think, what I live for. Yeah, and it and it's like, look at all the energy you're wasting getting bent out of shape about that, and yeah. it ends up, you know, it ends up, it ends up happening to quote you anyway. You know, mm-hmm. oh well, my my, you know, my wife, you know, she's a, you know, she's she's got a, a high ranking position in the local church. She would never do anything, and then it turns out, you know. She's getting she railed all and then some mm-hmm. she's getting, she's getting railed by the guy that, you know, directs the music or the, you know, the guy that, you know, the guy that plays, you know, bass and the, you know, yeah, in the, the, in the praise band or band. Yeah. In the, in the right. worship band, you know, right. or, you know, she's, she's, she's nailing the, you know, the, the college and singles minister. I mean, right. you know, I've, I've just seen so much of that shit. There's, it's just like, yeah. That's what I mean. You know, that's what I mean. Hey, real quick, Dark Knight Dev for the five dollars. <laughs> Secret King Syndrome. Men are defective women. Dude, that is today. Okay. Male version of don't tell me I look fat in these jeans. Rather complain than data garden tool. Okay, dude. That's been, which is part of why I've been off the internet for a while, you know, or had a very low interaction with it because the longer I've been in this space, the more I realize most of these guys, the big names, the big brands and the, the, the anonymous guys, the guys that you don't know them, they don't know you, they got 13 followers. Okay. They're all defective women. Every fucking one of them. Because they're they're throwing their hands up in the air, simp, beta, cuck, throwing all the vernacular and the jargon around like there's somebody, they're red pill aware, all that. And it's like, you motherfuckers haven't learned a thing. And some of these guys have been around for a minute. That's the part that I, I've even called it out in the past where I'm like, dude, that's not the flex that you think it is. I've been around here for 10 years and you've learned nothing. It's like, you should be long gone by now, bro. But apparently you haven't learned yet. That's what I mean. It's defective women, guys gossiping and bitching about what the OnlyFans chicks are doing. Or, well, this guy's got 2.5 babies, but he should have three. It's like, are you listening to yourselves? Do you hear what you're saying? 
Because when I see it on the internet, all I could think is you typed up that novel and then you hit send. You had time to go, maybe I shouldn't have fucking said that. And instead, here you are saying it. And yet you're an alpha male. You went out and shot a bunch of people too. Oh, well, there's that too. Yeah. Well, you look look at it this way. Let's let's say we save the West. (laughs) Thank you, Chest. I, I feel vindicated. This is, yeah, this has nothing to do with nothing, but I feel fucking vindicated right now. Let's say, let's say we save the West. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Once, once we do, once we save the West and we're a, you know, we're a, a benevolent, non-intrusive theocracy again, or whatever you think we're going to be or what we were. A, 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 a non-intrusive monogamous theocracy, which already right there, I, I'm going to cast my vote for no. But well, continue. Well, you know, let let's say that the rest of us just just said, "All right, we'll go along with it just because we want to." <laughs> let's let's just say that for argument's sake. Well, the Southern Baptists and the Mormons, I mean, Southern Baptists dislike Mormons. They regard them as a cult and as apostate. And they are. And I'm sure Mormons regard Southern Baptists Everybody. the same way. Everybody is an the, apostate. The the Catholic cult of you know procreation, where sex is only for procreation, they're going to be at odds with everybody. You know, so so even if you got all these people on the same side, it's like okay, now we all believe in God again. Well, everybody then all they're going to start doing is fighting each other because you don't believe in God the right way. You know? <laughs> right. You're you're a you're a polygamist salamanderist, and you know I'm a you know an I'm, I'm the one I'm the one true you know I'm the one true church because I'm Southern Baptist and we believe the Bible is you know the literal um, word of God is inerrant and uh, you know if you don't believe in you know if you're not a you know pre-tribulation rapturist or whatever then you know then you're also you know so the Southern Baptists even argue amongst each other the Methodists are arguing right now because half of them are liberal and they want you know to ordain you know gays and trannies and then the other half are like we don't want that shit. You know, so so there's there's no there is no consensus anywhere. The only consensus that has ever been possible that could even be possible is all right, I hate it, but you do your thing and leave me alone. I'll do my thing and leave you alone. And we'll just, you know, we'll let the government, you know, sort out contract disputes and uh, you know, assaults against our personal selves or property and just leave it at fucking that. You know, but we but we can't even we can't even do that, which is why defective women. That's why, because we have about it, which is why the whole thing, which is which is why the whole thing is a non-starter right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the West, I mean, the West, the West doesn't even exist anymore if it ever did. It never did. So it can't really be saved. Well, you're right. The the West that people think existed didn't exist. No, it was a cigarette ad from fucking Rockwell. Well, and it was a, it was a further back than that. It was a fucking, uh, you know, the West was whatever your feudal Lord thought it was. Right. You didn't get a vote. You got, you got, you got 20 acres to work and, you know, you got to give half of what you produced or whatever the number was to the Lord of the manor, and then you got to keep the rest of it and eat it. 
And if you're lucky, he didn't fuck your wife or your daughter. I mean, that's that's what you got. That's what the West was. And if you think that's the greatest thing in the world, hey, I tip my hat to you. But <laughs> the only way we're going back to that is post comet. You know, yep. maybe that ha- you know, maybe maybe once you know we're post comet or post zombie virus. You know, you'll have you know you'll have your new feudal lord, which is you know Negan or somebody from The Walking <laughs> Dead. Which I but, loved his character initially. I did. Well, I mean, he, he took everything and was like pragmatic. And I got a rule by strength, force, and fear. And so he had a fucking baseball bat with a fucking barbed wire attached to it. And he showed his strength through fear. Well, and the, and the thing that nobody got or very few people understood was that that was the West. Negan was the West. Way, yeah. way, way back in the day. Way back. Pre-industrial revolution. It wasn't a bunch of Marcus Aureliuses running around, you know, no. being benevolent dictators and ruling with wisdom and compassion. You had you had that, but that was the exception and not the rule. The rule was the dudes that took what they wanted, made sure they, they invented marriage to keep what they wanted, you know, to keep their shit in their family and to accumulate more. And nobody, nobody understood that, that that's really what intentionally or not the people who wrote that show were demonstrating. It's that that's actually what the West was. Now, being a bunch of, you know, progressive libtards, they ended up, you know, writing all kinds of shit in that show that was not realistic, which is why I quit watching it after about the fourth or fourth season or so, because it just got to be dumb. But that's what it and that's what it was. You know, it was, you know, they were showing you what feudal society was like, what the West was like, if you wanted to go back to it. Those fuckers were not spiritual and religious in the sense that you wanted them to be. They just recognized that the church was a power structure that they could co-opt or use or bribe or whatever in order to help them keep their power and expand their wealth and at the same time expand the church's wealth. There wasn't any of this, you know, kumbaya bullshit that people want to, you know, make it out to be. So that's why I say if you want to go back and save the West and make it what it used to be, if you actually were able to get that then you'd regret having it. You'd realize that, oh, this ain't the shit that I thought I was getting. And it's like, you know, no shit, Sherlock. And there it is. <clears throat> Kids, we're sitting at about, well, two hours from my mark. It's a little over two hours if we'd have started right on time, but we never do that here at Let em Burn because we like to be, you know, we show up when we're good and goddamn ready. Nick, do you have anything you want to plug or anything you want to talk about before we call it? I have a lot of things I want to unburden myself with. <laughs> do I need to throw the banner up? Is it time? No, I'm good. No, I'm good. I'll say I'll save it for the private the private uh, live stream. <laughs> oh, that one. Which, hey, by the way, for members, we're looking probably in about another two weeks on a Tuesday. I'll get with Nick and Bull when he's not indisposed. But we're going to be talking probably around the 15th, give or take, depending on what the day falls on. That's what we're going to be looking at for September for the next installment of Just Notes. But that is for members only. It'll never see the light of day otherwise. But with that, if you got nothing else, Nick, 
I'm going to call it because I want to eat and these mudslides are starting to really kick my ass. So I, I'm calling it and we're taking us out. Lord, I've had a good laugh and I think I lived it right. Bet there's a big old orgy waiting for me in the sky. I'm sure behind them pearly gates there's booze and weed and pills. But if there ain't sluts in heaven, Lord, send me down to hell. <laughs>